Good morning, everybody, and welcome on the Good Data Morning Show, wherever you are. Hopefully, it's a good day because you're taking care of your data. Today, we're going to talk about how to build a case. Exactly. Business for. case for data governance, but not just any business case. One that will really wow your business executives, which is not easy to do. So true. Our guest today is Sharad Varshni, and I have the pleasure of introducing Sharad, who is an ACE technologist turned entrepreneur. Technology Headline puts him in the list of the top 50 most successful Indian entrepreneurs in the U.S. He has founded Oval Edge to blend his unique experience in big data technology and process management into creating a much-needed data management product. Before founding Oval Edge, Sharad was a principal architect at the innovative software firm Hortonworks, now merged with Cloudera. He has a nuclear engineering degree from IIT, which is the best institute of technology in India. Welcome, Sharad. It's such a pleasure to have you again on the Good Thank Day you. Morning Thank show. you, Diana. Thank you. Thank you, George and Diana. It's uh, really a pleasure to come on the show. Let's just jump into this uh, really, really popular uh, topic about how to build a business case for data governance. So my first question would be, why do we need a business case for data governance? So before we go to the why do we need a business case for data governance, I think that we all assume that we need a business case for data, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody know that data is so important, data is precious, valuable, you know, oil, and we, we are seeing all these key buzzwords. But it is a, we need a strategy to, to kind of take the data to put into the value and convert into the value. And now converting the data to the value, when you see from the overall strategy perspective, you will see that, okay, there are two parts of this strategy. One is offense, another one is the defense. So offense, we talk about it, we talk about like data science, data engineering, your data scientists, which is like uh, really a brilliant people who is trying to figuring out, you know, the business case and trying to get the value out of it. And your defense team is, is, is the data governance team, which is ensuring that, you know, you have all the things aligned properly and it's complete. So data governance have a lot of things. It's not only one aspect of it, it's have the access control, it have all the data quality is proper or not, if the literacy is there or not, right? So all these aspects of the data governance, you, see, you need to have the completeness of the data governance and the defense cycle of it, so that you can really go and focus on offense as much as you can. So that is the main objective of the, the overall, uh, the, the why you need data governance. And if you are playing without defense, just the offense, you know what is going to happen, right? Mm. So just, you know, some, you know, like, for example, sometime back, you know, about two years back, there is a big breach at Aquifax, right? Because we know that, you know, there is, um, because they are too offensive in their strategy. They are playing mm. new and new, every time new product, but they forget about the defense side of it. And suddenly when they realize that they have to focus on defense and then suddenly the whole company kind of came down to stand still and then there is a lot of chaos because of that. So you need a comprehensive data governance and complete data governance. You cannot keep one option open. For example, that you, when you want to do the data governance, you want to ensure the data quality is aligned, data access controls are proper, and you know every aspect of that is there. 
So you need a complete data governance so that you can really focus on the offensive strategy, which is data science and engineering. So that is the reason you need to have the data governance business case in, in the yes. part of the that that is a part of the entire data governance, entire data strategy. I love that analogy, Sharad. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, for all of you data scientists, data analysts out there that are watching right now, this is one of the reasons why you need data governance. So, you know, don't think it's not important. Don't think it doesn't really concern you. It really affects your day-to-day activities. Exactly. It really enables you. I'm curious, what are the main factors that determine a, um, a company to decide to create a data governance? Uh, business case. Yeah. So as uh, you know, as we are going and creating the business case for our data strategy, so there will be the, there should be two components of that. You know, the first is that okay, let's find out that what would be the business case which will create the value out of it. You know, so how do we create the business value of that? So, uh, there can be various. You want to do supply chain optimization, for example. Right. Or you may want to do, for example, you want to create a new product, which gets a product recommendation. So there is a various examples of the data data value which you want to create from there. So that is the one aspect of that which you have to create. Then in that uh, part of it, you have to find out, OK, in, in the governance side, what are the things we need to make sure that which need to so that it will enhance the productivity of the team, which is really working on the offensive side of it. So those teams can be like, okay, they need to be have the proper data access for all the data, right? Um, mm-hmm. They need a, a mechanism to control the quality of the data. So if suppose, uh, for example, you are building a recommendation engine for your movie, right? And if the, all the data is bad, right? Um, or, or the data is, is not appropriate, which is not coming from user, your recommendation will not be good. And you will your recommendation will be not like Netflix, it will be something like, you know, mom and pop show or something like that. So it will not be the data products are really the core of your business. You know, the all the new businesses, which is growing very fast is growing because they have built amazing data products, right? If there's Google or Facebook or, or, or anybody, they have those data products, which is the offensive side of it, which is really the valuable. And that's the, so the component is first a, you have to find out that what are the, what is the value driver for mm-hmm. my data business case? What are the things which will drive the value? The second thing, okay, what I have to do to protect it? How mm-hmm. can I ensure that my team is effective, right? You're just hiring that bunch of data scientists and giving them access to the data or, or just giving them data is not going to build that. You need to have a strategy and a strategy require a thought process, understanding their problems, what the problems are they having how do we resolve these problems and what kind of framework you need for example um, you know software development is there for a, for a long time right um, if there was a methodology which used to be waterfall methodology before then it moved to agile methodology so these methodologies are there which is improves the like the, the they come out with the features very quickly similar to that you need a data governance methodology uh, what we call it progressive methodology to kind of ensure that you're governing your data and then creating the more value from it. So that is the the, the reason behind it. And those are the various components you need to think through it in order to create the strategy for data governance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Matlas, uh, Matias, sorry, I'm sorry about that. Uh, here mentioning that he's watching from Brazil and he's been on this data journey since 1906 and he still sees a lot of resistance to strategies. One thing I did want to mention, Sharad, is uh, I think you've outlined a lot of great examples that really represent maybe the carrot portion of why we need to do this and what what is that value proposition that we need to put in the business case. And sometimes we also have the stick, which is more on the regulation side of things, right? So like the CCPA and GDPR. I mean, when G GDPR was first announced, you could really see a spike in the interest or the investment in data governance for companies all over the world, well, mainly Europe, but really it expanded um, outwards as well. So you kind of have to balance both the carrot and the stick. And sometimes the stick can be a little bit stronger. I, I think, you know, this is, uh, there are two, one governance, I would say that, you know, all the time we think governance is bad for the business, you know, for in general businesses, but uh, these governance are sometimes is really good for society in general. So I will take an example of, let's say there is a, within the data field, there is a data uh, law, which is allow all the govern all the organizations, financial organizations, to submit their uh, credit uh, worthiness to the central bureaus, right? This is a simple law in passed in 1960s to make sure that, you know, they can do it. It created trillions worth of mortgage industry. It created worth of industry and, and created real value from it, right? If you think about it, if the law would have not been there, none of the bank would have given it. There is no credit agency and the no credit agency. There will nothing would have been moved to the level that you moved so far. And, and America was, you know, the U.S. was one of the prime, you know, innovator into that area. And and you see the mortgage industry and everything is so so, you know, everybody have taken that, and that's where the the so driver for the whole economy of the world, right? So it's not always we see the laws and and something that okay, this is a stick and it's bad for the society. It is it has done a lot good for the society as well. Sometimes we take our liberal head and see trying to see no, the laws are not good. Let's keep the, everything private. So uh, so that if we see, if you see the same perspective, um, similar to the GDPR and CCPA. It is really taking care of the privacy of the individuals, which is the prime factor which you need it for, you know, uh, which you need to take care of in the in the case of, you know, there is a, uh, you know, we, there's all concern from the Google and Facebook, everybody about the privacy now. Individuals are worried yeah. about it. I'm glad yeah. that those countries have taken the action and, and created those laws. So for the companies, they are ensuring, oh, they are, they are like, they are sometimes they say whether should we get compliant or not compliant. And they worry about the investment they have to do for the data governance. The things like, oh, this is the bad thing. But think of this as a, a nature of opportunity, what you can do in order to create this, take this opportunity because take this investment, uh, what we generally say, okay, take the investment for this, uh, you know, because you have to do it, you need a stick, and then mm -hmm. try to create your processes so that in any manner for all the data governance, so they, you can also do data literacy. Mm -hmm. No organization. Mm -hmm. The data literacy is there. The more more of the analytics can do the data science, and the more data science can be done, then more more and more uh, people can create data products, and the data products are ultimately the value. And it is it is the culture in the organization which creates the data data product. It's not that you come up with the vision 
on one day and then your data product is ready. It's, it doesn't work that way. You have to start what you have, right? You can't uh, you can't buy things from the market in the data products. You you the organization have like Google is not going to give away their data. Facebook is not going to give away their data. They, everybody is stealing that information and and as much data they have it. So organization do have like healthcare companies. They do have or or the banking. Everybody have a lot of data in a in a nice manner if they can protect it as well then they can start creating a lot of value they can do it so the laws are take those for their advantage and take this as the first of their thing look we will be compliant with the gdpr in the data governance journey that is the one use case of the data governance but there are data quality improvement we can do we can do data literacy as well right we can do access control as well so once we are doing all these aspects, then our data science team will flourish and then they can build a lot more things. So Absolutely. I would always take as, as a one example of this is as a your this one as a as a kind of one of the driver for the data governance. Yeah. Convince your data, your your management that you we need this, but we we can do this much as well. Very well said. It's really one of those bullet points, those uh, regulation compliance, and then all the other value propositions that you mentioned in order to forward the business, to push the, the business forward. But you know, Rajendra has a, has a question here because earlier data governance was new, that's true, but now should not data governance be included from the start? And sadly, I mean, yes, I completely agree with you. You're, you're preaching to the choir here, to me and Sharad. But unfortunately, that's still not the case, right? That's the reason why we need to build a business case to really convince our our future sponsors why they need to invest some resources into a data governance program. And one thing I would also say in this one, like I know because we are implementing data governance for a lot of customers, some customers who are like CDOs, they are really progressive and they are like our thinker. They are including data governance at the beginning. So, so when we are selling our solution, we know that they say, okay, we don't have the, the data platform yet, but we want to create a framework first, and then we want to start building it. So they are creating a framework first, and then they're opening up for data science. So um, I, I, I would say that, yes, the most of the big organization are really focused about, let's get some value out of it. But a lot of like a mid-sized organization, even to like large organization, which is like some of them are customers and and. And we, I see them, they, they realize the value of the data governance and they are moving in that direction now. Uh, mm -hmm. that let's have the governance policies aligned first and let's move into it. But yes, uh, like 90% is still, like, let's move offense, let's move, let's try to create some value out of it and forgetting about the, the defense part of it. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so back to the question, how do we make the business case for data governance and not any business case, but one that will wow those business executives. So that, that first piece was, to identify those drivers and um, just mention what what that value driver is. That's kind of the first piece. And to also, I, I would say, make sure that we're always tying the importance of data governance to the organization goals. I think we need to make that clear connection that everybody really sees themselves in it. What will be the next step that we need to do? Identify the problems which exist in the organization. So. Uh, why we didn't know why would do we even need data governance less there are some people's problems all around the places so we have identified the problem in three areas mostly the one area is data scientist problem right where mm -hmm. they are not able to 
they are not able to move faster than they want to. So the first problem they generally get is, is that they, are, they don't have access to the data, right? So, so and, and data, if they have access to it, you create a phenomenal value from that. So that is the first problem. Second problem generally they have it is like, they don't know what the relationships of the datas are. So, so I'll give you a very good example of it and the ideas. So for example, like let's say that you are a data scientist and you see the, the table which have the name, address, phone number, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And suddenly some executive says that, you know, I wish that we, we, could, we could find some more customers' uh, information, more information. And like, this is the only information we collect. How can we find more information from it? But there are ways out there. The ways is you have an address, right? It have a city, it have a zip code. You know, you can put this to Zillow API and get their house price. And now you suddenly know the net worth of the customer. Not you don't know the exact net worth, but you know that okay, I can, now I know that how much you know. Somebody is living a million dollar house, ten million dollar house, a half a million, or you know, you get another component immediately. And now you can segment it based on their mm-hmm. net worth mm-hmm. ideas. So those are the various ideas you get it when you when you discuss more with the business people, because business people it's it's very important to discuss those with business people. So those are the various areas like data scientist problems are there. They need yeah. to have access to the data. They need to know the relationship between those data sources. What kind of relationship exists? How can I join these data sources? How can I get more value out of it? Yeah. Right? And understand That's, their meaning. Understand their meaning of that. So that is the data scientists or data engineers or the value creation part of that. And I'll also add sure, is the fact that at least Forbes is estimating that a data scientist is spending at least 60% of their time with data cleansing, data wrangling. Data wrangling. So yeah. Governance could, could solve that issue as well. Yeah, make sure that you're, you're cleaning up data at the source rather than at the destination when you are trying to do it. So that is the one of the core area of the data governance is to create the data quality improvement program. So that you're Absolutely. improving the quality of the, on this on on where it exists because of the, either by the process or by etl programs however you can fix it let's let's fix that quality of the data how it I, I think i think we need to have a, a separate session where we tackle the data quality aspect of it this all. is this is all together by itself is a big monster <laughs> yeah and 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 we can talk about that as well so those are the the challenges of the business users then yeah. we have a we have a challenges of the data users data scientists run this one. The business users also have the pro- their own challenges. The business user challenges is that, how do I find the data, right? Um, even though, say, if, like one of our customers have you know, thousands of reports, and each report have duplicate report and then the, another report, and, and they don't know which one to pick it, you know? Yeah. Which one is the right, which one is the wrong? And and by getting this answer from anywhere, it takes forever. It is, organizations are big, and the, what the happens, they ask the developer and they create another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they don't know the, 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 which one is right. And then they, and the fourth one gets created. So it's, it's again and again. So you need some sort of a mechanism, a governance practices, which is a certified, how it's new to get it. Or, you know, so, so you need some sort of a practices around there. So these are the various problems of the business user, data users. And obviously the data, the, the, the some of the privacy control is one of the key areas of that. You know, how can... How can we ensure that the privacy data is secured, uh, or basically the govern the way the the GDPR, CCPA asks us to do do it? And the second thing is not only the privacy data, the confidential data, right? For example, if the HR data is there, the salary is there, the, the 
the, there is no laws asking you to not tell your salary to other employees, but it will create havoc in the company if everybody know everybody's salary, right? So it's a very confidential data which cannot be shared even within developers, right? So, but there is a there is a data which is sitting in the one of the database, which is the ERP database. So either you do not give access to that entire database to anybody, or if you give it, then you have to ensure that you are scrubbing the salary information or the confidential data, whatever it is having there. There's a, I'm just giving an example of salary, but a lot of confidential data might be there. So you have to protect that data and then give access to everyone. So those are the various problems you have to identify by interviewing the various individuals Mm-hmm. And then you can identify that. And that is the, the key aspect of it. So understand the the value, what you're going to get from the data, and, and then understand the problems you are going to go in execution of that so that you have a solution upfront. Once you understand the problem, then you can create a solution. Without understanding the problem, you cannot. So once you know the problem, then you create the solution for them, and then you start executing upon it. Mm-hmm. Very well said. So just to just to say it again, so the three main steps would be first to identify the value drivers, then to identify, to understand the pain points, and then to create the solution. And I have here a question. Who is um, creating that solution? Who is coming up? What is it the joint effort? Who is at the table to create the solution? So mostly it's the chief data officer, BP of analytics, or somebody who is in charge, who want, or... Mostly, the, uh, we have seen is the data architects are the one who is taking the challenge and and creating it, and then they are getting almostly like uh, promotions or or they are really taking it forward, and they are really playing the role of the chief chief data officer. So it should be only one person or two person. It should not be a team. Uh, or if if there's a large organization, the team is there, then it is helping that particular person and creating a team. The mid-size to large organization, there is only one person who is creating that uh, team or or basically this one. And then asking then individual through, means everybody is kind of supporting them to when they are asking questions, hey, I want to know all the problems you have it, and all the data scientists, data engineers, they are obviously responding to their surveys and, and something like that. But that's a one person who is really building the business case. That's the person's role. Right. And at this point, Sharad and, and Diana, I mean, we're talking about more high level. We're just writing the business case here. So we're not coming with we're coming with a, a solution, but that could also change. And we're not really going into the weeds here that we're it's outlining amazing. all the different the whole thing is, 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 is basically the PowerPoint presentations we are creating right now. We're right. getting all the value. We are not there's no solution yet. This only thing is is there right now to get the problem statement from all the all the business stakeholders. To get the problem statement from all the uh, all the data scientists, data engineering team, all the business team. So, so we get all the problem statement. We get this, and then we create the solution on on basically the architecture diagram. So, you create an architecture diagram that how our solution will look like. What are the governance capabilities? We will do it. So, it's a it's a a template which you will use to kind of create that. And once everything will be get, will be there, you will identify the value. Let's say the value is say fifty million dollar. Then you identify the okay, like okay, what is the cost is going to cost us to put the, all the infrastructure in place? Let's say one million dollar or two million dollar, whatever the cost is. And then you put okay, what kind of effort will be taken by the by our team? Let's say that's another one million dollar. So so you put together all the numbers, you see the value of it, and then obviously the value which you will promote is that is it 
is 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 substantial with the data or not right mm. so you can say mm-hmm. oh i will i will create this suddenly a new component and then because the new value will create and that is the always the challenge like we did it for one customer where we demonstrated that uh, the supply chain optimization very simple use case uh, it's a uh, large company in the in atlanta only but they are very large company uh, they they are in the uh, they build paper basically mm-hmm. so they are in paper business they have a lot of so they uh, as they are building the papers and uh, there is a lot of inventory sitting right um, in their uh, so if they can reduce their inventory level there's a millions of not i think the millions and millions of dollar inventory sitting so they just want to optimize this inventory level and they said the cost saving was 100 million dollar every year right just by reducing the invent optimizing the proper inventory huge. level this is huge but the effort was so so large the effort was you have to know the demand and the demand is like they produced for walmart and what and target everybody and you can't get the data from them so they are they are first they are they are purchasing the data from walmart target all these companies and there's there are company who who provide the data so they're purchasing the data they're creating the demand for it the what would be the demand in in for next one month three months six month kind of thing they understand the demand supply they know the the sap system already have all the supply demands right so understanding demand and supply kind of optimizing it and then coming up with a business a proper model and it's nothing like a rocket science here it's all just sqls which is bringing the data from here everything but putting all this information together and putting this hundreds of millions of dollars saving they can do it every year because of just the properly optimizing it supply yeah. amazon build their entire enterprise on supply chain optimization if you think about it right yeah. so and those are the small small business case you you have to adopt for each business case is is can be of tens of million dollar saving or hundreds of millions dollar saving or maybe 1 million dollar saving or maybe a opportunity to expand you know opportunity to to do the more marketing better marketing so there are various business cases which is can be used for that that's beautiful uh before we we carry on with the business case i just want to draw this to our audience attention if you go to the um oval edge website and you go on their blog section you'll find one of the the latest articles will address some of the points that we're actually talking about right now so how to build this business case and uh, not only that but shard also put together this this beautiful guide which you can download for free which goes into quite you know a lot of detail to really guide you on on how you could build a wonderful business case for your data governance program and it has even examples and types of questions that you can ask and uh on on all these different areas so it can really get easier than this as you can see so i i definitely urge you to take a look at ovaledge.com/blog look at the uh latest one of the latest articles that addresses this topic here and just download it and uh use it as a starting point yeah it's a very very valuable resource so it's so much detail in there so much insight i think it's valuable for any data professional out there I found it astounding. So thank you very much for creating that, Sharad. We, we took a lot, lot of time and uh, knowledge within our, you know, company and uh, as well as our customers. Like, okay, how do you really build this use cases? And these are like a some customer is doing A way, some some is B way, and then we trying to kind of consolidate all these problem areas and kind of created one spreadsheet. 
and it's a simple spreadsheet which have all the i think the first thing it asks you to do the survey within your um, within your business community to get that what can the survey can give you the result and the survey is very simple that it's give you the pro the the name and you know what the question you should ask so you should ask these questions from your business executives and they will give you some ideas so that becomes your starting point then comes to the pain point survey the pain point survey is the second one which have identified the pain points of three individuals three individual like business user personas data professionals and the third one is the data governance data management yeah. yeah data management professionals so you will identify these problems of course they can have their more more problems but it's like a starting point so even it's a good you know, start yeah <laughs> it's a good starting point uh, otherwise you ask them what the problem it is and then and whatever the first problem they comes up they always give you that example and a lot of things in the, you know you kind of lose that uh, momentum uh, when you are taking the survey so take then and then now they can check box that once you consolidate this and then basically create the framework then you can use this implementation framework of this that this is the various data governance guidelines as how do you create how do we implement the data governance what are the different yeah. use cases you should use it so based on the problems you are getting from your audience and the business case you identify okay let's identify like for example data quality is a big problem then you identify the data quality implementation let's implement the data quality first if you identify the data literacy is a problem then you identify the data literacy first or the data access is a problem then you do it so based on that you can imp start implementing a use case at a time and then you start yeah. building that so it's a very step by step process uh, you can you you just have to follow this and of course use your you know within the process and you can build a business case very easily with that very valuable thank you and you know i love uh, some of the examples and details that are listed here because as you're going through them even though you're you might not think that oh i don't know if i have this uh, you know issue in my organization as you're reading the examples you're like oh yeah no i do yeah that's the exact example i have a question here so sharad where does overledge come in so overledge is a tool which can help you to build the data governance uh, journey right mm -hmm. So it's a data catalog. So, so um, what we have done is that uh, the way we have structured the product is that it's a catalog which captures the data from everywhere, right? So, data governance is nothing but it's a it's a rules and procedures and the policies which you follow within the organization, right? So, let's say that you create okay, we want to have this kind of naming standard. We want to have the privacy information to have this kind of security. So first thing is that we catalog all the data, we put all this information at one place. So the one is the immediate value you get out of it is you can give it to your data scientists, they can go find and search it. But then you say, hey, we need to protect PII data, right? Then you can say, okay, now Mr. Data Governance Team, go ahead and go and use our artificial intelligence, find out all the PII data, protect it. Now you can still do the data discovery. Now, so that's the, the tool is designed in a manner that you can do the data governance for your entire enterprise and as well as do the data discovery. So, so it, it takes care of all the defense part as well as offense is, is mostly in, in not in the data science, like really building the model, but really around finding, understanding and extracting the data from the wherever. So this is the one source of truth for all the data and it's a data is available at one platform and then but ensuring the governance is there so what is the one thing is we are doing is ensuring the governance but 
you do not have to worry about the the governance aspect of it and then also giving the offensive a tool into that but it's not like everything is like okay you implement the tool and everything is done no you have to implement it you have to use your own you have to write your policy what the governance policies are you have to ensure what the security policies are and it can provide you the tool to implement it this is like a, a similar to like salesforce like mm-hmm. salesforce is used for like before salesforce people used to write emails to their customer they used to go to phone calls right they used to do everything but it was inefficient process what salesforce does is they they make it efficient process that okay now everybody use the same same you know step by step guides to when to call it when to email you know what are the best practices to email what are the best practices to call so that people will pick up your phone right so sales is a is a big big platform similar to that is a data governance it's a different genre altogether but it's the same kind of like component if you say that absolutely and uh, by the way just want to mention that Scott Taylor the data whisperer just downloaded that uh, business case uh, guide and he's saying that it looks great so thanks for um you know making good use of it Scott Taylor and by the way just tune in tomorrow at the uh, on the good data morning show as Scott Taylor will be our feature guest so i just want to come back to uh, one point here on the understanding those pain points uh just maybe a, a tip that i do want to mention that I, i found from from my own experience is I think you've really outlined very well on how we should outline based on the data management, you know, the the data um the data users, the business users and what their pain points are. And I think it's good to outline those issues at let's say unit level or department level, even the organization level, so that macro point of view. At the same time when you're having those interviews, those questions with the individuals, try and find out what their main pain points are like at an individual level you know how how what challenges are they facing on a day to day so something very very operational if you will but it's something that you can definitely relate to and maybe not necessarily in the business cases it would be a bit more granular but when you're having those conversations to try and get them on board it really helps if you address what's in it for them at that individual level Uh, you you said it absolutely right george i think it's is is taking their problem and say hey your data governance is actually fixing your problem so generally the governance words comes around mostly around like you no know, government and oh you take you you have to write these many rules i have to write the policies and i'm not getting anything out of it but if you are addressing their problem and you are addressing the the solution to their problem then mostly individuals and everybody get aligned with that it's, oh okay i can do this also with the data governance and that's a a, a great point uh, that uh, is, which is very important that you know we address the problem of data scientists data engineers or or whoever is building in that team who is building the real value to it yeah and we have a couple questions here that i think we can address and from kira lens is asking how do you calculate the value and in similar vein Rajat is is also asking how do you measure the dollar value of data governance beyond its value as an enabler or qualitative aspects and showcase it to the leadership early on in the data governance journey and i think it it can go back to what we said and you know as, as Scott Taylor is mentioning here that if a data scientist spends most of their time on data cleanup are they actually a data scientist or are they just an overpaid data janitor and that could def- definitely you know be um part of calculating that value is you know, listen you're paying these people how much money and 60 to 90% of the time they're not doing what they they were hired to do 
but they're doing stuff that maybe you could hire somebody maybe a little bit cheaper um or you know i don't I, but you can definitely put a value on the time spent there are three um ways to kind of monitor the value of data governance as well which i have seen quite a bit um the one is eliminating the the just human productivity mm-hmm. right uh telling that how much is the productivity is going to gain because of the data governance like like for example before the data governance your quality metrics is x and uh, the after that the improvement is y so obviously the, the quality is improving that's why your data team have to do the less work that's increasing you know so so every time the human productivity improves and that's your data scientist improving so that's the the gain you are getting so the one is that now you can calculate this either the terms of their salary that okay their salary is going to be less and like 20% less or that whatever the number is that they're going but also the time to value right in this mm-hmm. market everything is about timing and timing and and as early you can come either you exist in this business or you do not exist right i suppose uh, you know there are so many so many businesses where you have to come first or basically start giving the value up front right so those are directly going to the businesses so the time to the value and then obviously the productivity side of it that's the one aspect which we generally call it the second one is the improvement in the data quality of the data right so that is the another big challenge you get is that when you have a better quality of the data you get better decisions and ultimately uh the one of the ibm study says a 3.1 trillion dollar wasted in in overall us economy if the data quality just in the better. us exactly just in the us and the, and the, imagine this is more than the money they are printing right now the 2 billion 3 trillion dollar right so it's it's a way tremendous to the bad data quality what does it does so there is a second aspect of it third is uh creating a better decisions from the data right so once you have the proper governance trustworthy decisions from the data right that is the the level of trust you get it so what is the biggest problem in the in the world right now is right if you think about the us perspective you know we everybody is talking about the insurrection is, which happened you know uh, because of uh, the various tweets and you know so we all know that so one of the the whole world is supposed to be you know it's a major event and why it happened because of the untrustworthy data untrustworthy tweets the tweets was giving the information which is not trustworthy which is not came out through the due diligence process so this is at the very high level top level you can get the problems of the trustworthiness similar to the businesses as i see that i see three reports and and i'm optimizing my my inventory and how much should i keep it should i keep at 1 milli metric ton or 2 metric ton or 3 metric ton now these are the decisions i can take it myself as a business executive and i i'm seeing some numbers and based on those numbers i am making the decisions right how much my demand would be and suddenly the demand comes up more then then and and then why those are not trustworthy because the, it's not that the calculation was wrong because some of the data was not inputted into the system so that is why not trustworthy because we we don't know whether the, all the data in the demand is there right whether okay say for example i'm creating the demand from a system so is the data from all the different sectors which is creating the demand which is the for example like a store data or is you know sales from multiple process so that it's it have to make sure that the the 
the all the demands are getting created so the data governance team is ensuring that yes this this report this ensure is trustworthy we have looked into it all the data is good so the trust of the data makes them easier to for the business executive to make a decision right i will just any individual they can they go to netflix and start the first movie chances are not they're going to look around in the more and then see which movie right. really like it although the, the so the data which is coming from the recommendation is not that much trustworthy mm-hmm. as if your friends tells you that you immediately going to watch the same movie because that recommendation is way better than the the immediately which is coming from algorithm so the power of algorithms and the individuals the that makes the complete trustworthiness and that's where the our product can also help you you know how can you take the data and the trustworthiness into it so those are the various mechanisms you know that's one of the the features that i love when a data catalog has that um, if you as an individual could put in your your review your star system however you know it could work Yeah. to let other colleagues know of your experience and why they should maybe use it and sort of increase that trustworthiness that you mentioned it's a very important factor and and it's a it's a simple solution that you know you put that some sort of a star rating and give them the ability but it's not the star rating from anybody this is i can reach out to that person in in amazon i you cannot reach out to that person because There's so many right. people out there, and how you really like the product. But here, you know that your sort of colleague who have recommended it, so you know that person, you have worked with them. So it's much more creates a trustworthiness, which is easier. Absolutely, you you can't really game the system like you you could in Amazon, I guess, Amazon, and have yeah, yeah. some fake reviews and things like that. <laughs> exactly. You can't really do that with the data catalog. Yeah. Do I remember correctly that when you started one of your jobs, the trustworthiness was very low, and then you were able to increase it yeah that was one of one of the issues and one of the kind of main drivers of why we were able to make the case of data governance the fact that data quality overall was seen as quite bad so people wouldn't trust it and they wouldn't rely their decisions anymore based on that crm data and in fact they started creating their own shadow systems to start capturing their own little bubbles of data uh which happens very often right in in siloed uh, approaches and yeah so that was one of the challenges and the drivers and the funny thing is it that took years that took at least a couple of years to kind of flip it around so even after we've improved that data quality people still had the impression that no data is bad even though it wasn't anymore so there was quite a little bit of let's say change management practices that had to be put in place to turn them around and and flipped their impression on to yeah. into the reality yeah and what what is the main area where you saw the change management i i know the change management is the key area where i think the data you know governance have to allow it but what is the main factor which you observed that you know it worked for, in favor of you in in terms of the change management Well, you know, it's very important first of all to identify some champions. So some people that were kind of on board from the start and we took them along the journey and we were able to use them as examples. So to say, you know, hey, this department, look how they've benefited from it and in in turn they sort of became the voice or one of the voices for data governance. So I think getting that message of its importance and value and effects from a business user was so much more effective than having us, you know, uh, be in front of the audience and talk about it. 
it was really a little bit more trustworthy that way. And them showing that hey, this is how it worked for me. These are the benefits that I'm seeing. People are like, oh, okay, okay. I kind of want to get in on that and, and uh, benefit from it. So take my data under your data governance umbrella type of a thing. And I also think there was a lot about communication. It was a lot about communication, yeah, starting uh, initially weekly newsletters and uh, then monthly newsletters, a lot of presentations, a lot of education. And again, I mean, you're, you're a bit of a change management expert. There are different ways of tackling and communicating to people, right? There are people that are understanding this from, um, I guess, a more visual type of a presentation. There, some are more listeners, some prefer to read, some prefer those details and the, uh, the tabular reports. Some prefer to try it themselves. <clears throat> yeah, so you need to make sure that you address all these types of learning and all these types of, you know, um, personalities in order to make sure that you have everyone on board. However, there's always going to be people who resist. There's always going to be people who don't trust it, um, people who are skeptics, but that's just a given. So I, I think you shouldn't stop or not start something just because you know that there's going to be these types of, of people. Yeah. Now, we might be getting a little bit off, yes, track, <laughs> off track with some of these questions, but, um, and Rajat has a, a question here, for a company just starting their data governance journey, at what stage do you suggest using a data catalog tool? At the start. Um, so one of the blog I have written in Forbes, uh, that is that how to start a data governance, progressive data governance, that starts from the product, which is the catalog and then start creating the processes. Because without tool, if you implement anything, it is very difficult. You know, although there are, uh, we maybe that I'm, okay, we are kind of promoting the product, that's not the objective. But let's say that you want to Im implement any rule around it, right? So any governance policies without tool, it's very ineffective. Uh, so you need to have that, okay, let's identify the tool, which is good for your high level business case, identify them and then start implementing the way you can. So like, for example, like some of the companies say, say, no, no, you create the process first and then you identify that tool is working on, then switch around the tool, how it works. The problem is that the changing the tool, the way your business processes are, which is not there, which is just your vision, right? Is it not? In the ERP world, the business processes were there. And in that time, the, the change managements were very difficult. So people used to change the tool to kind of make sure that it's working for your business process. Right now, you don't have a business process in the data governance world, right? Most of the time, people don't have it. So let's use the business process and the best practices from the tool provider and then start using the tool and then use those best practices to convey that. That is the easier approach and quick, much more faster rather than Change, first identifying the business case, what will work for you, which even don't know it's going to work or not, right? Because it's just your fantasy that is going to work. And that is why it is important to, to say the tool first. So it's a very simple approach. Identify the tool. Then after that, you identify all the features you need it and then make the some changes if, if it need to be in the tool and then start implementing the best practices. It's... Uh, we have almost implemented at you know various dozens of uh, customers, and it's easy to use the best practices. They go like faster. And even we implement like CRM system. I said okay. I asked my provider okay, sell me the best practices. We are the new company. 
we want to implement the CRM process. I don't have any process in mind. So I will use the process which is right, which is very well vetted for the, any SaaS company which can use the CRM process, right? Why would I reinvent the wheel? So the same thing is that let's not reinvent the wheel and let's use the best practices and, and the tool is there to kind of help you guys there. Right. I have a question uh, coming back to the business glossary. I have a question, uh, sorry, on the uh, business case, not yep. the business glossary. On on the business case, on um, really the mediums of delivering it. But first, I want to take this question from Gotham, who's asking, how is Ovaledge different from other data governance tools? So the one thing is that like other data governance tools are not the data governance tool in general. Like, for example, some people are moving from ETL area. Some people are moving from other area, right? So they are trying to build into the data governance. They are not primarily ground up built for data governance purpose, right? So we are primarily built for data catalog and then doing the exactly for the data governance purpose from ground up. Another part is that uh, in Overledge is that we are the very uh, light on infrastructure. So mm -hmm. we does not need any infrastructure to, to do the implementation part. While other tools might be very heavy on infrastructures, you need to bring a lot of IT investment into it. Our servers can run on like one computer and then we start working on it. So that is the, the main two difference, I would say that it's primarily. And then it's a complete suit of it. Other so you, you can buy the one solution will buy lineage, another one will buy data catalog. Then you have to integrate those two together. And the cost of integration is very high, right? Because we know them. So our is like ground up build for it. And we have complete feature. We have lineage, we have business glossary, we have data catalog, we have data quality. So all the components you need at one platform at one suite, just like a Microsoft Office, you know, Word, Excel, everything is there, copy paste much more easier. Imagine that uh, the Excel is different and the PowerPoint is different. So they are not able to integrate very easily, although they're a different product, because since came from Microsoft, much more easy copy paste here and there. So similar to that, it works very flawlessly integrated because it's ground up built from the same uh, mindset into it. Perfect. Yeah. So so back to my question. Now, on delivering that business case, what do you what do you recommend as the medium? Is it a PowerPoint presentation? Is it a, a lengthy document? Is it a sort of a two pager uh, format Pitch. that yeah. Yeah, I, I think it should be two pager and then PowerPoint. It cannot be a lengthy document. And this, this is my opinion. Uh, two pager to have the very comprehensive summary of it so that executive can take it and, and buy it. The one sit, the on the one side, it should really say that, OK, what is the value proposition? How much I'm going to get it? What is for them? Like how much money or saving or something? And the second part would be that how we are going to solution and what are the, the core steps of that is. The similar two pager can be converted to a PowerPoint, which you PowerPoint is is not for distribution. It is for you to present to the business executive. Okay, these are the various things, which is a, a little bit detailed version of that. Uh, mm -hmm. Other than that, otherwise that doesn't go very well. If you are trying to present it, you have to take the PowerPoint and you present that to your business executive and, and send the two pager to them. Thank you. We have a question from Harpreet earlier on here. What is a good way to establish an initial scope of this initiative? So whatever we're going to put in the business case, do you have any recommendations on what the, the scope of data governance should be initially? Initially, yes. It's so 
I think the, that's what we propose is a progressive approach of data governance. So the one side is the, what we say the progressive means that one side you're going and including more and more group and department within the company. Another side you are including more and more, um, I would say the, the use cases of the data governance. So the first thing is that there are six or seven use cases of data governance, right? The data literacy, the data access control, data quality improvement, right? Um, then data lineage, you know? So there are six use cases um, for data governance. Similar to that, so you identify what was is important for you because you cannot implement all at the beginning. So you say, okay, lineage and data access control is very important for me. Let's start from these two and then I will move to these next. And then identify from the one side, you start implementing this. Another side, you start, okay, let's start with one team with the data warehousing team, for example. So let's implement with the data warehousing team. Then you bring the, let's say the another application, which is the CRM, let's bring them into it. Let's bring SAP also into the system. Let's bring like other team into the system. So we start first create this, and then you will have a lot of learning. You have a lot of learning as you are doing this, you know what to do, what not to do. And then you start implementing that. So it's a, it's a progressive approach. You keep building the, the, your framework and policies, and then you start going one at a time. So if you start to do one big bang, okay, bring all the organization together and you're doing one implementation, it, it grows slowly. So right. team-wise, at the, the one side, you are improving the team-wise and the organization you're improving, and otherwise the use cases-wise. That's how, and then importance of the use cases should come from the business side. The business, once you run the survey, you will know exactly where you stand in your organization. So what I think you've briefly mentioned is that data governance maturity model there and sort of identify what level you're at and then identify, well, we'll target these in different levels as we're going to progress and mature our uh, capacity. Yeah, and then you can use that matrix as well, the data governance maturity model matrix as well, where we are and this is how we're going to implement it and this and uh, and you know the level four and level five or level three wherever you are and maybe the some department will be their level four some department will be level one but you do not want one department to be level five another one at level zero right you do not want that so okay if i'm that's why the progressive is important if we are moving everybody to two now let's start moving to three and four and then now this thing so that's where the everything goes exactly in the same direction we have a question here from kimberly Apology if this was mentioned already. For businesses that are hesitant to take the leap as they are just starting their digital transformation, and I guess that could be one of the drivers. Mm -hmm. Hey, we want to yeah. transform our business that way. What, what would you recommend as the first absolutely necessary step to address uh, to address that? Um, would best prepare them to scale up when ready. Do you need to monetize the data potential first? So. I think the monetizing the data potential first is a very good first step. Potential. I think the word she uses is potential. You don't. You cannot monetize the the data first. Uh, if you can monetize the data potential, that basically the one thing we bow the business is like very easily, and uh, and it's not that difficult to uh, to as I say that this uh, method which I have created, um, which the surveys is you you talk to any business executives which basically surveys tells you talk to the business executives which will tell you that, okay these are the various areas of potential which we can use it right so as you are doing the survey and the business every business executive will have like we can i can guarantee on it they will have five ideas where the the 
the data can be used to 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 kind of give the value the only is your role as a chief data officer or the vp of analytics or whatever the role you are in to really come up with the proper step by step process of executing it mostly the people are failing in execution of it uh, not in the ideas i mean people have ideas and they have the business knowledge to kind of gain the idea but the execution sometimes fails because of the data is so much you're not able to control it we don't know have access to it you know those are the various problem areas where you are failing so identify those problem areas identify that but monetization and that's the way mm-hmm. beautiful robin here is it's mentioning um great to see this discussion we picked the data foundation needed to support the data strategy so data governance quality metadata thin slices through the business based on critical business processes and the selection of the data attributes that drive them all aligned to business outcome it really makes an easier sell for the execs i think there's a nice quote <laughs> i think it says everything yeah and curious how can someone as a data governance initiator convince the colleagues directly humans tend to better accept innovations when they experience a direct benefit I think that goes back to what we were talking that we need to see how we could make it in uh, what's in it for them type of a thing. Understand their main pain points like Sharad mentioned and then show them that the recognition on how data governance could come up with a solution to resolve those pain points. I think you said it that's I would say the same thing. Uh, identifying their pain point and the solution to them. Uh, that's the obviously data governance does it. And Sharad, I don't know if um, you know you you know this off the top of your head. And how much does it generally cost for a small company under a hundred, a thousand employees, to implement a data governance tool like Overledge? So it we we have a packages which starts from like a uh, kind of like three thousand dollar a month to let it go up to five thousand, eight thousand, ten thousand dollar a month, whatever the companies are. But I would say the three thousand dollar a month is kind of a basic price tag for the software then you will need one person from your company as well is your cost include like one person from your your organization to implement this and not in the like from the management perspective you need somebody to kind of you know make sure that you are implementing it so the cost of that person plus a tool that probably the the nature for the mid side like a lot of our customers is is at that range where the they have one person and use the tool to kind of implement this I got to say I appreciate the openness uh, there're not too many um you know speakers from the vendor side let's say that are are very open with that so I really appreciate it. We are a very we are a open data governance platform so we we promote openness and as well as our pricing is pretty open and and you know everything is pretty pretty uh our software is also open so you can go navigate so we are pretty open company and that's the that's the way to promote data governance you know you cannot have everything on your powerpoint and then kind of promoting data governance is is we we believe in openness and that's all yeah yeah and i really like the the quotes um or your motto with which is to create the aha moments quicker without breaking your budget yeah <laughs> i think that fits very well in here yeah that's true All right, so we're coming to an end here. Thank you so much Sharad for all the insights and especially on the guide that anybody could download by going to overledge.com, checking out their their blog section there and there are a lot of articles that you can learn from and especially the one 
on how to build a business case for data governance that will wow your business executives. And as I mentioned before, you could download this uh, this guide for free and uh, well, just use it in order to build your business case. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, everyone, for being here and for your questions. Make sure that you connect uh, with Sharad over LinkedIn. He'll be open to answer any other questions. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you soon, Sharad. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, everyone. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.